0: Argus Media, this is Driving Discussions, a podcast series with a focus geared towards forces impacting North American road fuels. Greetings and salutations once again. I'm Argus's U.S. Gulf Coast Stocks reporter, Jason Metko. And on this episode, we're spending some time again with Matthew Cope, our Rins reporter, discussing why the D4 and D6 markets are moving in the opposite direction of D3. Matthew, welcome back to the presentation. Always glad to have you here. Let's get the folks caught up on RIN generation year to date as we are approaching the final turn here in the year they call 2023.
1: You got it. Thanks for having me, Jason. Happy to to be here and talk about RINs a little bit more this morning. And uh, yeah, basically we're getting started off with some updates on RIN generation. And basically we've got data through August at this point. And we've got things moving in different directions, but overall things are on pace to hit that uh, biofuel blending target that's been set forth for the year 2023, but everything is not quite close to to the mean, as you would say, to where everybody's known about it for a while that D4s are very oversupplied, and that's due to a lot of new renewable diesel generation coming online. Um, Basically what we've seen through this year is uh, about one third of all RENs generated are uh, D4s this year. That's up from about 25% th- that same figure a year ago. So um, basically I don't think there's gonna be any trouble in the D4 markets hitting that that target by the end of the year. Um, and what that's done is that spread between D4 and D6 and as well as, as D5 kind of trailing D4, they're all trading at, at close to parity. So we, we mark those basically between a little bit above flat to 0.25 cents every day. Um, and that's just what the market's telling us. Um, now, if we change gears and look at uh, D3, which is essentially the little brother of, of D4 and D6, that it's a completely different market. It's, it's much more niche. Um, there's pretty much an undersupply going on to where that, that biofuel blending target is a little bit higher than we expected, and I remember when we were on here a couple months ago, we talked about E-Rins getting basically chopped, and from there it was like, okay, the finalized volume is going to be lower than we originally was proposed, what we expected, but it's still higher than than I think what everybody in in that market was was thinking it's going to be. So we're looking at if there's a shortage at the end of the year, you know, the RIN bank can be pretty hard to to catch up with. We, we don't know exactly, you know, where all these RINs are, um, but at the end of the day, we may see some obligated parties defer some of that obligation into the next year, um, and we'll go from there, but there's a lot of uncertainty on that D3 side.
0: Now, typically, we would expect changes in physical biofuel and feedstock markets to impact RINs, but I understand just the opposite is going on here. What's causing all that, Matthew?
1: Exactly. So as you can imagine, with, with D4 and D6 in that sort of oversupply, prices have fallen to where they're about 50% lower than where they were a couple months ago. And what happens is, you know, biofuel producers pay very close attention to that. You know, RENs are a source of revenue for them. So when they see the economics of it, look at, okay, well, D4 prices that, you know, we would have been able to use as, as that incentive base, those are a lot lower than we expected therefore we have to drive our bids down on what we're buying and selling and that goes all the way back to the feedstock markets to where if i'm buying soybean oil beef tallow used cooking oil whatever it is you know if my margins are lower i got to cut costs somewhere so i can't afford to spend premium dollar on all of my feedstocks.
0: he is our renowned rins reporter matthew cope and this is another edition of driving discussions We're recording and talking about this in mid-October. We avoided a government shutdown end of last month. As of now, we still don't have a Speaker of the House, and we've got about another month, I think, to go until we might have another government shutdown possibility. If that is the case, what happens to biofuels?
1: And that's, that's another, you know, it's hard for me to speculate exactly what's going to happen, but as you said, we've had a couple of really close calls here. And I think everybody's on the edge of their seat going, well, there's a good chance, you know, one of these things is going to happen eventually. And we're not exactly sure what that would look like for biofuels. But what I can say is that in the past, you know, when new budgets get passed around, renewable fuel policy can oftentimes be one of those things that's on the chopping block to where people that want to cut things or add, you know, more funding to those things. It's like, well... We just have to wait and see. Um,
0: the wait is the hardest part, as a great man once said.
1: Exactly. And when you're just kind of sitting around in a market that's, that's very speculative, that's, that's prone to volatility, and you're trying to make a lot of these guesses, um, it, it, it's hard for us to be able to like, paint that picture in the future. But what we can say is, like, in, in the past, government shutdowns for biofuels, you know, thing, things could change. We just don't know
0: couple more minutes here with our RINs reporter Matthew Cope on driving discussions obviously this is a very US centric industry to a certain extent but everything is connected worldwide can you enlighten us as to some of the international factors that could come up here
1: exactly and and like I was just talking about this is a market that's very prone to you know speculation over uncertainty and anytime there's uncertainty you get volatility to where over the summer and into the fall, Yeah, there's been a handful of things that that have have made that that happen and every time there's there's cuts to production on the crude and refined product side you know that has an effect on on markets to where you had opec cuts um, which means there's less crude oil that's flowing all around um, the atlantic ocean and uh, at the same time you saw a russian uh, export ban on diesel and gasoline and so basically what that means if you if you break down the economics of it you look at u.s refiners for example and they're saying okay well there's going to be greater opportunity i have an arbitrage out there to where i can sell to a country like brazil or i can sell to western europe or i can sell somewhere overseas that may be facing a shortage of these products that the the supply is not as fixed on because as, as you know as well as i do refiners look to find as as most certainty as they possibly can within their margins because when you run something on very low margin you're trying to make money on selling fuel and and refining whether it's gas diesel etc you're looking for answers and they're trying to make money we know this and when those refined products go offshore well that means that they're no longer bound by that rent obligation to where before if it's I'm a refiner, I make my fuel, I buy that ethanol, I blend it and I'm able to pass it on down the value chain, sell it at the pump, that's what the RFS likes to see and there's a RIN that, that hangs out with that fuel and everything goes smooth. But when the ethanol producer is you know, doing their production and has all their set of RINs over here and then the fuel decides to go offshore and the spot markets get out of whack, well then the oversupply gets worse.
0: Always a well-informed RINs individual, Matthew. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon,
1: my friend. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jason.
0: Thanks, as always, to Mr. Cope for his contributions to this series. And with that, another edition of Driving Discussions has reached its end. Our series is a production of Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. We encourage you to check out the previous episodes in this series, and for more details on Argus's U.S. biofuels coverage, make sure you visit argusmedia.com slash americas dash biofuels.